Well, hello. It's Demetric, or D, or Demteric, or Fergalotti, or host number two. We at the Bitcoin Podcast Network had a crazy idea. We thought, what would it be like if we could give you all a glimpse of what the cryptocurrency culture and industry were like way back in maybe 2015, 2016, 2017? So we present to you the Bitcoin Podcast Flashbacks. Way back when it was just Cello, myself, and Corey, and our own intrigue into what this Bitcoin thing and this crypto thing was all about. So, without further ado, a flashback is coming up right after I stop talking. But, first I want to say some things. We're no longer sponsored by these sponsors, and we're definitely no longer partnered with Cointelegraph. And any of the other things that we did back then were just back then. They don't really reflect on now. So here's a TPP flashback. We hope you enjoy the moment of nostalgia if you've heard this before, or a glimpse into the past if you haven't. Here it is. Yeah. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. We in we got them, acquire, never sell, but catch us rolling deep like a Dell. Bitcoin, blockchains, cryptocurrency. Three guys faded talking Bitcoin, no fee. That's the free Bitcoin podcast, insane. And adoption is still the only thing, thing, thing that matters, man. Hey everybody, welcome to the Litecoin Podcast, episode 126. 126 episodes of the Litecoin Podcast. Woohoo! Yep. Yeah. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. Host number three, Corey. So uh yeah, Hi. it's been it's been fun making yeah. the Litecoin podcast all this time. Yeah, man. Talking about Litecoin every week and how fast it is. Our patience finally paid off. That's right. (laughs) How long does it take confirmations? Two and a half minutes. We told you so. We've been telling you so for two years now. We've been doing this. (laughs) What did you say, Jello? Jello was gone. Jello's gone. He left. Jello, you sound like you're a sick Decepticon. That's what you sound like. Like your Decepticon has the flu. He is officially gone. That is garbage. Is it storming over there? You sound better now. I think your children are watching cartoons. Yeah, I don't know what it is. You need to go lay the hammer down. This is like closer to like episode 30 of our podcast. Like when we were just like just talking and somebody always had a problem with audio. At any like there's (laughs) dogs and birds barking. Birds barking in the <laughs> in the background of Brazil. <laughs> well, anyway, Cello, if your microphone works, hit him with an ad. All right, we're brought to you by EscrowMyBits.com each and every week. Still, what's up? We're still brought to you by EscrowMyBits.com. Yep, still well, potentially, it's fast, it's super easy, and it only takes three steps. 
all you have to do is register and deposit your Bitcoin, maybe your Litecoin, but for now your Bitcoin. <laughs> Seller ships the item, buyer checks the goods and releases the funds. And they also offer the Bitcoin escrow with a locked exchange rate. So I'm talking euros, yen, Canadian money maybe, USD. They got you covered. No problem. They're going to charge a small flat escrow fee of 1% on all escrow transactions. And they even offer you the ability to split the fee with the other party so they've thought of everything. And we want there to be no longer any excuses. No more excuses. Start that process. Go to that website and make sure you sign up for that newsletter and stay up to date where you can escrow your shit with escrowmybits.com. All right. Well, we got we got a special show today on the Litecoin podcast. Yeah, we do. Banger of a show. That's right. If you guys ever heard of a guy called Char- Charlie Lee, Satoshi Light, if you will. Have you heard of him? Satoshi Light. Satoshi Light. He's the other. He's I, the guy that made Litecoin. Yeah, he's the the creator. Of Litecoin. I wonder what it feels like to be the creator of a coin that is popular. Like, you know, Vitalik, actually, I know he probably doesn't think much of it because Vitalik is an individual, but Charlie Lee is like not Vitalik. So do you think he, you think there's a lot of pressure for him? He's been around the scene for so long. I mean, he, he created Litecoin as kind of like a curiosity. And so that was back when creating an altcoin was almost literally forking the Bitcoin code and then changing a few parameters from this, for instance, he did block time and the issuance rate, things like that. There might be some other differences. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure off the top of my head, but, and then starting a network and people just did that over and over and over again. And Litecoin was the one that actually built up a network other than like Doge, Dogecoin, a few others, but like at, over time, it, it just stayed persistent and it also did uh, script mining. So like instead of doing the normal proof of work that was not resistant to ASICs, Litecoin was created to try and keep people from having specialized hardware so they can do it on GPUs and so on and so forth. And so when we started mining, that's what we, mm-hmm. that's what we got into was, was mining Litecoin and then trading it for Bitcoin or whatever else you wanted to keep. Yep. Mining the old Litecoin. I remember that. Yeah. It's good times. Let the good times roll. I that's, thought that's, like that's how you coaxed me to get into Bitcoin. Was mining like coerced, coerced, coaxed. That's, right. that's how you coaxed me. I said we're gonna make a mining operation and we're gonna make millions of dollars and it's gonna be huge. It's gonna be the best mining operation you've ever seen. So, let me tell you, I blew my boss's mind. Today we were at, we were at lunch and I was like, "Man, you seen Litecoin?" He's like, "No, what's up with Litecoin?" It it, it it gained a lot of money. He just looked at me like, "What?" Like, "Yeah, man, it just it just jumped up recently. They they pass they pass Segwit and people starting to develop on it. A lot of changes. A lot of people are jumping in because because it's basically a carbon copy of Bitcoin with a few parameters changed. All of that hard work that's been pumped into trying to change things in Bitcoin, all of the infrastructure that's been built up that hasn't been ported over." is almost trivial to port over to Litecoin. And mm. so they can make rapid development because SegWit has been has been changed. And so people are just like, all right, I'll just try all that stuff I've been developing and see how it works over there. Dang. Instead, like, there's not a, like, if you, you can't do that with Ethereum because Ethereum is so drastically different at a fundamental mm-hmm. level. 
Litecoin. It's just like, all right, change a few numbers, bam. It's obviously more, more complicated than that, but relatively speaking. Yeah, but is it though? I mean, Litecoin is just a carbon copy. Like you said, it's almost a script carbon mining. copy Bitcoin. It's, it's script mining. There's, there's, yeah, there's that's true. probably some testing and a few things, but like think about the Bitcoin. I mean, the, the Lightning Network mm-hmm. already worked on the on the Litecoin testnet. It works flawlessly without changing worked. anything. Oh, man. I think I just... I think my jeans oh, yeah. just got so back, tight. So, so back to like me telling my boss, like, that means I have a boner. I have, I have a computer in my house that has 900 Litecoin on it. I better go find that computer. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like yeah, man, it's not worth it's not worth nothing anymore. And it's like, I gotta go. I'm just like left. <laughs> I've got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, man. That wait. So if he has 900 on that bad boy, what's nine times 16? 90, 54. One four four zero zero fourteen thousand. Damn. Whew. Nine times sixteen. Fourteen thousand four hundred. Yeah. If it's at sixteen dollars, which it's currently not. But uh. Oh, it's not. It dropped down a little bit. It's like fifteen something. Let's see, crypto watch. Hey, yeah, crypto watch. Just... Give us a sponsorship. I'm using your shit right now. <laughs> they're they're bought by Kraken. We need to talk to Kraken, right? We've had Jesse Powell on. I can talk to Kraken. You mean your older brother? It's at 13.3. That's oh, LTC shit, Futures. Take that back. Take that back. It's at 14.80. According oh, okay. to Coinbase. 14.80 is not bad. Um, it was at 16 at one point. But I want to switch it to Bitcoin for a little bit. I know this is the Litecoin podcast. And we typically talk about Litecoin and how amazing it is. It's so fucking silver. And that L emblem, oh my god, L must stand for lightning fast. Anyways, um, I want to talk about Bitcoin because I think I, I tweeted the other day, and the tweet was something along the lines of, "I feel like Jihan is acting exactly the way he's supposed to act, and Bitcoin is behaving exactly the way it's supposed to behave, systematically, like it's rooting out people." that aren't really good for the system. We talked about that guy, Jihan. I said, hey, Charlie, Jihan says that you haven't been doing anything. <laughs> what, are your what are your feelings on that? And did he say, oh, well, John Cena his ass? Charlie is really good at, at being... I, I want, I'm want. i going to say he's very good at being political, but that sounds bad, but he's what really good at answering. Yeah, he's really good at answering questions. You know, when I throw like a little heat on it, he's really good at at you know lobbying it back at me. That's, that's something that I found pretty pretty, um, I guess, refreshing or or nice is that like having this celebrity that he has and potentially has an influence associated with someone who's been in the space that long and created something that has a lot of backing behind it and works at Coinbase and like so he like he handles the way like the irrationality of people trying to accuse him of so many things that probably aren't true. Like he mm-hmm. takes the celebrity because it's really easy to be deified in a space if you do something special. And most of the time, if you're doing something special, it's because you're curious about like the technology and you try it out and it works and people follow you behind you and for whatever reason or whatever, but like the, the main, you're not doing things to become a celebrity in this space. It just happens. Like, look at Vitalik. Vitalik doesn't set out become the person he is he wanted to create something that he couldn't do on bitcoin 
And it's gained so much momentum that this project is way bigger than him, but now he's been deified and he has to deal with that. And it's interesting to see how different people who end up gaining celebrities so quickly, how they deal with it. And I think, I think Charlie Lee's done really, really well. It is us. We are the bosses of bosses. (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee you, if we walk into a convention, People will not know who we are, nope. and then we'll have nope. to go to the bathroom and put our shirts on and come back out, and they'll be like, "Oh, you guys listen to the Bitcoin podcast," and we'll be like, "Okay, let's put on our name tags." All right, we actually make the damn show. Okay, that's that's that's, that's why our, that's why our new logo is gonna have our faces on it. Yeah, so so people can't get confused. Let's uh, um, let's uh, let's go to so let's go to the interview, but like I guess we need to introduce them very well because we just. Kind of jumped right into it, like Charlie <laughs> yeah, was kind of like, "You guys, that. you guys gonna do uh, introductions?" And uh, like, and, uh, Charlie was like, "Nope, question time. I don't care." <laughs> Can I mean, we reenact it? All right, let's play a game. I'm I'm gonna introduce Charlie, and then you guys try to add something onto it. Okay, um, we're gonna interview Charlie Lee. He's the creator of Litecoin. Right, D. You know what, I'm what do you wait? That's what I'm saying. He wants this grand intro, but <laughs> oh, no, I get what you're saying. Like, what? There's else not really much to say. Well, no. Typically, what when you do an interview, yeah. you're like, "Hey, man, who are you? What are you doing? What like, what are you up to? Where are you come from?" So, like, all of our interviews are like that. It's always but a matter of like, him, so I, I'm in Cello's court. I'm in Cello's court on this one. It's like, <laughs> hey, here's Charlie Lee. He created Litecoin. That's it. There's no really. There's not. There's not much more to say. Works at like, Coinbase. I mean, He's done all it, kinds of it, things. It, Maybe he yeah, wants to introduce himself as a boxcar racer. Like you don't know what people want to be introduced as. But I mean, if you've been living under a rock and you listen to it, hey, what's going on this week? It's Litecoin Segwit activation. Why does it matter? What's next? Litecoin price surged to a three-year high as the tech upgrade nears. Uh, there was an eight-hour miner meeting uh, about Litecoin scaling. I mean, we see the headlines. And boom, we got Charlie Lee. Like, what's up? Charlie's like, down and dirty. Let's get to it. We're not talking about his boxcar career when all this stuff's in the headlines. We know what's up. I don't want to talk about your drone hobby, Charlie Lee. I want to talk about Litecoin because that's what you made. All right. Well, in that case, I'm sure the listeners are also curious about what he wants to say about it. So why don't we jump to it? All right. So without further ado, here is the world's premier boxcar fashioner, Charlie Lee. Here it is. All right. Um, I guess my first question is is kind of something that I wanted to address. Something you just said, if if you don't mind me putting words in your mouth, you you kind of called Litecoin in the past a little bit boring, and then you know the community didn't really hear much about it. And I mean, from a community aspect, you you seem to be largely absent from the developer community until Segwit. Is this? like a so-called resurrection for Litecoin after a time of dormancy? Like, how would you phrase it? Um, so, I mean, it seems like I was dormant, but I've always been kind of working on Litecoin behind the scene. We've had um, Warren Togami, who was leading the Litecoin development, and a few other people working on it, and I was always kind of working with them. Um, on Basically, most of the work was to um, make sure the network is stable, uh, and um, merge in Bitcoin's uh, latest code and release it, package up, release it, and just make sure everything is running good. 
And basically, for the longest time, that's all that was needed, right? So as a currency, Litecoin worked flawlessly. It had fast um, confirmation times. Uh, there's no scaling issue, and um, and it worked just as well as Bitcoin. Um, so, and then recently, last year, when um, we thought about doing SegWit, we realized that like we could actually um, get SegWit uh, activated before Bitcoin, and in some sense help Bitcoin um, test out some of the new latest and greatest technologies and help Bitcoin get past the scaling debate. So that's when I started to actually focus a lot more time and energy on it. And it turned out to be a lot harder than I expected. Um, I thought the I thought the mining uh, the miners would all agree that um, after being so boring for so many years that um, SegWit seems like an obvious choice to add to Litecoin to um, to improve things, but that turned out to be a lot harder to convince all the miners and pools to do it. Do you do you think that their concerns were based on a a lack of understanding or or concerns about technical debt or maybe copying of Bitcoin, maybe worried it might lead to more outcries of SegWit on Bitcoin or other interests? The concerns were, um, I think most people, SegWit was sold as a scaling solution in the Bitcoin space. Um, and unfortunately that um, caused people to only see it as a scaling solution. And a lot of people didn't actually realize what SegWit um, came with. And for Litecoin, since we didn't have a scaling problem, a lot of people were like, why, why do we need SegWit? But in reality, SegWit allows us to do like Lightning Networks, to do a lot of other things with software, like confidential transactions, mass, and a few other things. It basically is, it's a huge improvement for uh, Bitcoin and Litecoin. Um, so miners didn't understand that. Um, there's also the the issue with most Litecoin miners are also Bitcoin miners. Litecoin pools are also also run Bitcoin pools, and they make more money from Bitcoin because um, because of block rewards or because Bitcoin prices is a lot higher than Litecoin. So they um, due to like Bitcoin politics, they would not they want to support, support it on Litecoin, Litecoin also. also. So yeah, I, I find that interesting about kind of the, the, I guess, almost ignorance of what SegWit actually does because of the politicalization, maybe that's the correct word, how political it was about what SegWit was sold as. It was sold as this scaling solution when in, in fact it's more of a step required to do scaling solutions. And it comes along with these other really great features that allow you to do really great, you know, other advancements in the protocol. Uh, do you see the, like SegWit on Litecoin activating um, SegWit on Bitcoin or more just um, this, like a, a growth of Litecoin becoming this um, everyday transaction type of cryptocurrency while Bitcoin maintains this like secure settlement layer? Um, I, I think a bit of both. Um, if Bitcoin never like changes, um, it's still like the best store of value, right? It's not, and it might be the the feature of Bitcoin is just it resists change, right? It just yeah. won't change for anyone, and in some sense that's bad. It won't um, improve, but in another sense, it's like kind of good because it it wouldn't um, no one could 
no single group can kind of mold Bitcoin into what they want as opposed to what it is good for right now, which is the best store of value. Um, and for Litecoin, I mean, like I see Litecoin as always complementing Bitcoin to be more of a form of payment uh, for buying um, smaller things where it may cost like 50 cents a dollar to send a million dollars in Bitcoin. And you want the security and decentralization when you're moving that much money. But when you're just buying coffee or, or like a meal, you don't really need your payment to be irreversible, decentralized and secure. So you would use something like like, like Litecoin. So that's why we're, I'm seeing this. And in terms of um, what like a segment on Litecoin would do for Bitcoin, I'm, I am hoping that um, it can help um, move the move this along or make it um, easier for people to make make this happen quicker on Bitcoin. Um, so like things like Lightning Network working on Litecoin, we kind of prove this solution and show people that this is actually a good um, scaling solution for Bitcoin. Um, and I mean, we're, we've started to, a lot of people have reached out to us already to kind of work on Litecoin, uh, like different libraries, wallets, um, Lightning Network teams. Uh, so it would be cool to kind of like have the infrastructure, since Bitcoin and Litecoin are so similar, um, if the infrastructure started um, supporting SegWit on Litecoin, um, it will be a very simple change for Bitcoin once Bitcoin has SegWit. So people will realize, wow, this is just working so well. SegWit is such a good thing for Litecoin and hopefully it can help convince the miners to... Um, activate segment on Bitcoin also. Another thing that I kind of had, you mentioned that uh, it's, Litecoin doesn't have any problems with scale. And that's more of an issue of the fact that it's not, it's, it doesn't have the demand that Bitcoin has. Uh, and you almost, you don't know if it has problems with scale because you're not big enough to have problems with scale. As like SegWit's past, you get all this attention that you've recently, like, dealt with you think that litecoin is going to be is going to be able to handle this giant influx of usability and if it doesn't how does that like how do, how do you move forward well um first thing it's it would be a good problem to have if we actually of course, have of course yeah <laughs> <laughs> a problem an issue with um supply not meeting demand um but off the gecko we have um four times the capacity of bitcoin because um, we have one megabyte blocks that happen every two and a half minutes. Mm -hmm. So uh, the throughput is already four times the size of Bitcoin. And with SegWit and Lightning, um, it's going to help us scale even more if, if we need to. Right. So if people use um, Litecoin on-chain for coffees and meals, then they can use uh, Lightning for micropayments. Right. So we'll move all the micropayments to... Lightning Network on Litecoin, and I don't see we'll have any scaling problems. And if we do, we'll have, I think we'll have like many years to go before we actually run into any any scaling issues. And by then, I mean we're we're looking into solutions to solve this um, scaling problem. So I think by the time we need it, we'll be ready. So unfortunately, like Bitcoin ran into a scaling uh, problem before the solutions are ready. Right. Lightning was still in the works. It wasn't going to help out with scaling right away. And um, that's why Bitcoin had this problem. But Litecoin, I think we just have more time. Yeah, Charlie, earlier you made a comment that 
uh, miners acting against like short-term market movements in reaction to protocol upgrades is a sign of a broken system. How did the miners uh, in that roundtable view the market movements in reaction to signaling, signaling and Bitmain's perceived blocking attempt? Um, so initially when we first started talking to the um, the miners, in some sense it's just the pools that are kind of in control. Um, from what I know, miners don't really care too much. Um, they obviously want what they're mining to be worth more, but most of them are just um, blindly just mining and buying equipment and then mining the coins and not really that into um, the scaling issue or the uh, segwit uh, Would you call it like a, an aspect of apathy? Um, I would say it's more, for a lot of miners, it's more just like business. Okay. They're just, um, they may not even believe in cryptocurrency. Um, they're just, they see opportunity to make money, put in some investment, buy some machines, have it run 24-7, and it's just printing money. Right, so that's all they care about. As long as it's printing money, um, they, yeah, they don't really understand the technical details about the cryptocurrency or SegWit or anything. Um, I mean, that's not like, not all the miners are like this, obviously, but I would say quite a few are, are kind of like this. And they're not driven so by ideology; they just, they're driven by the, yeah, the cash flow that they that they they're printing. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and as long as um, they don't want to make decisions, right? They don't want to um, like make protocol decisions. They don't know anything about protocols. They don't care to make decisions as long as we make the right decision and we don't kill the, their cash cow, they'll be happy. Um, so it's hard to kind of get miners to to understand this and to support SegWit, right? So it mostly comes down to like the five or six big pools. If we manage to convince um, the pools to start signaling to support SegWit, then it will activate. Um, what, what I saw was that even though it was obvious that um, SegWit was helping the price, miners are not like immediately flocking to the pools that are signaling. They're, they're just, they just don't even realize what's going on, I think. Um, Isn't so that back kind to, of ironic about like, about like the fact that the people who are responsible for making protocol changes are are, like, are the ones that are most apathetic to pro protocol changes. Yeah, that it is, and um, that's why like um, this whole minor signaling or minor voting for protocol changes is kind of a silly idea to begin with, because miners um, they're getting paid to to mine right. And um, they pay, they're getting paid to secure the network. That's their job and that they get paid for that. And they don't know too much about the protocol. So asking them to make the decision where not to do SegWit versus um, BU versus whatever, flexible transactions or, or whatnot, it's just, it seems silly that, they, um, that they're making the decision. Actually, uh, a few years ago during like the first um, scaling conference in, where was it? I think it was Hong Kong. Um, I remember the miners were put on, they're on stage and they were talking about um, that they don't really want to make this decision because they don't know, they're not in the know in terms of protocol and what's best. So there's no reason why we should ask them to make this decision. And I, I fully agree with that. But, but these days, it seems like some of the miners of pools 
are um, kind of they now realize how powerful being able to make this decision is, and they're taking advantage of that. Um, so back to what we we're originally talking about. Um, so in January, when I when I was talking to the to the major pools for Litecoin about seg, uh, signaling for SegWit, it the basically the the feeling I got was that they they supported SegWit on Litecoin. They didn't think that it would help with the price, um, and they didn't want SegWit on Litecoin to kind of undermine their position on Bitcoin because they've already been quite, some of them are quite against um, Bitcoin core and they feel like if they, if SegWit kind of activates on Litecoin, it would prove, it would help make it, it would make their position on Bitcoin, um, it would, their position on Bitcoin wouldn't make much sense mm -hmm. and then um, they would kind of lose to, they don't want they don't want to support Bitcoin Core, the Bitcoin Core team, and so that was a political battle that I kind of didn't expect, because um, for Litecoin, I mean, if my my thinking was that if miners are not acting in the best interest of Litecoin, then it doesn't work, right? The system is fundamentally broken when the miners are acting in the best interest of Bitcoin and not Litecoin. Well, the beauty of the, I guess the ideology behind Nakamoto consensus is that you have trustlessness through people acting in their own like self-preservation, right? You, you, Correct. You get, but you get consensus through proper incentivization. Yeah, but and, it, it's external to Litecoin, which is the problem, right? Yeah. So if like if if we think about in Bitcoin space. If the government comes in and gives all miners like a lot of money to attack Bitcoin, yes, they will be acting in their best interests, which will hurt Bitcoin because of something that's external to Bitcoin, right? If they only, if it's only within the Bitcoin space, then it would make sense for them to just mine and earn the block reward and the fees and help protect Bitcoin. But if there's an external force that is giving them incentive to do not do that, then it's bad for Bitcoin. So this is the same similar situation with Litecoin, where they are doing something that hurts Litecoin because it's better for them in the Bitcoin space. So how do we move forward? Like, what's what's the, what's, the, what's the solution? Is it is it a fundamentally broken problem, or is this like you know working as intended? This is a feature, not a bug. Um, I mean, eventually, what what I did was. We kind of had to prove to the miner, the pools, that um, SegWit was actually bet good for Litecoin, right? Mm -hmm. That actually people, one, people wanted it, all the Litecoin supporters wanted it, and two, it would actually help the price rise, um, which is good for miners. Yeah, right? that's, a, that's so, a good incentive. <laughs> yeah, um, and put some like kind of public pressure on them to to support it, right? Mm -hmm. So. Even though they may not care about making a little bit more money in Litecoin, um, the miners actually care, and the users care. So it puts pressure on the pools to to do what their miners and users want. So um, 
in order to do that, I kind of had to convince people to go against um, against the kind of the against status quo, right? So I talked to an individual miner who had like 10% of the global hash rate, a pretty big miner, and I convinced him to to signal for SegWit, and and then once he started that, um, I think the price did go up a little bit, but he was like the only person in China that was signaling for SegWit. And he was kind of being a bit ostracized from the from the rest of the the miners and pools because of that. And he was getting a lot of um, pressure to stop signaling for SegWit. So it took me a lot to kind of convince him to stay the course. And then um, F2 pool, after talking to him for a while, um, the, the owner decided to I think he he believed that SegWit is good and he supported us, so he F two pool started signaling. Um, the few days before he started signaling, the price shot up because uh, I assumed the the news leaked because he told me a week before that he's going to signal the next week. So I knew our team knew, but um, we didn't tell anyone. But I assume it, um, the news leaked because the price in the China mar Chinese market started shooting up first. So some someone in China leaked. Um, and then the price shot up, he started signaling. And then from that point onwards, like the price of Litecoin was in lockstep with the signaling percentage. When the percentage went up, the price went up. When the percentage dropped, the price dropped. When Wang Chen, the owner of Etupool, said anything kind of um, negative about signaling. He he mentioned that he might stop signaling, and the market crashed. Um, so it became more obvious that uh, that the price that people the market actually wanted SegWit. So it was like the first chip, and then slowly we, we're talking to more and more different pools and trying to convince them. And then bad pools started signaling the price, and then um, I forget. And then it was. Um, what, who else started signaling? Um, BW eventually started signaling, and then before we knew it, the the signaling percentage was higher than seventy five percent, and it was about to um, it was about to activate, and then more hash rate came in. And it seems like um, Jihan and um, and the owner of LTC one uh, BTC pool were blocking it because they really didn't want Segway to activate on Litecoin. That's quite a that's quite a dance of like politics, would you say? Like, it, is is this what you thought you'd be getting into when you've gotten into the cryptocurrency space? Uh, no. I mean, <laughs> when I first <laughs> when I first created Litecoin, like, I pretty much had like full control of what where the protocol would go. Right? I would yeah, change some things. And Satoshi Light is an appropriate moniker for yourself. <laughs> yeah. So it seems it's kind of like silly that I would have to like talk to pool owners to convince them that this is the best thing to do for Litecoin when like pretty much like everyone agrees. Like people who are in the space know that um for the past for the past like three years, we haven't done too much in terms of like technology improvements to Litecoin. So SegWit is like an awesome thing to to try on Litecoin. Um, but then it's all it's all politics, which is very it's kind of sad. Well, Charlie, um, in a perfect world, 
like if you could like command this, how do you think the community desires should be represented? Well, <clears throat> when I first talked about SegWit, um, I mentioned to people that if like everyone wants SegWit on Litecoin, um, like a few pool owners should not be able to stop that from happening, right? So if all if users of Litecoin all want this, why why is this feature being kind of blocked by a few parties? So the idea was the the user activated soft fork, right? Basically, if users all want it, and exchanges serve the users, wallets all serve users, right? If the users all want it, then exchanges would actually just run this code that would activate this feature after like a year or a certain amount of time. And wallets will all run that code. And after a year, it would just work because SegWit is, is a, it's a soft fork and it's opt-in. If you don't want to use SegWit transactions, you don't have to. So it's not really like hurting anyone to have it in there. Um, so that was the idea that if people really wanted it, then it will happen. So I was never, I was never really in doubt that SegWit would activate on Litecoin. It's a, just a matter of when and how, whether it's through miner activated BIP9 um, or it's user activated, which could take longer, or even the most drastic case would be a hard fork. Right. If everyone wanted it and miners are really blocking it, then you hard fork away. If if user activated doesn't work, then you do something drastic like a hard fork. Um, so I, I mean I wasn't in, I was never in doubt that we'll get SegWit. But it's nice that we're we finally able to convince the miners and pools to signal and activate it via um, uh, miner activation, because that's like the safest way forward. Yeah, it's the kind of the, the day, standard way that, was, that we have precedence for already. Well, um, yeah, but in in reality, um, like Satoshi and even Gavin um, did soft forks with user activation mm -hmm. way back when. Oh yeah. So it's like minor activation is kind of a relatively new thing, and it was never supposed to be controversial. Like you don't you don't try to activate this soft fork controversial soft forks this way. Soft forks are not supposed to be controversial. So we've activated like quite a few soft forks on Bitcoin, like CSV. Basically, it takes like a few months before all the miners upgrade. The idea with BIP9 is that um, de developers release code and miners take months to actually update to the latest code, right? It's like upgrading your, your Windows computer. When the new latest Windows come out, version comes, when this Windows version comes out, you don't upgrade right away. You wait a little while. Mm -hmm. Eventually, 95% of miners have all or pools have all upgraded. And once they've upgraded, then you can lock in the soft fork. And once the soft fork is, up, is locked in, then you can start using whatever feature the software provided. And I think the Bitcoin developers did go out and talk to miners about SegWit. And miners all agreed at that time, I think like two years ago, maybe a year and a half, that SegWit was the way to do it, was the way to go. It provided transaction malleability fix. It provided ways to do soft forks in the future to um, to improve scaling. It has a uh, a small scaling bump to alleviate the current current scaling problem. So it was like it was like a win-win-win solution. And 
at that time, miners were all in agreement. So that's why the developers actually worked a year on this and released it as a bit nine soft fork and didn't realize that it would run into such a political environment. Well, I feel like I feel like the political environment is stems from the fact that most a lot of people have almost operate out of fear when they make decisions with changing the Bitcoin protocol because they've invested so much money. And when you when you kind of base your decision making out of that mentality, you tend to stick to nothing can change because I don't want to lose any money. So progress gets really stagnant. And the fact that Litecoin was able to do this gives us a precedent an example to alleviate a lot of the fear that a lot of people like base their decisions out of you you feel like that's a legitimate thing to say um yeah it is and i think that's a good thing like people are afraid of change because they don't want to destroy bitcoin right they don't mm -hmm. want anything that hurts bitcoin the 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 kind of the improvements that would bring may not be worth the risk that it it is on the mm -hmm. network we, because risk of unknown, right? So if Segwit, well, when Segwit activates on Litecoin with Lightning Network and all this other cool stuff, we can kind of prove that this is safe, right? It actually works as we expect it to, and it does provide a lot of value and it's worth it. So yeah, it definitely does help alleviate that fear. All right. So uh, like, what do you look forward to now that, now that it's happened, like what, uh, what are some positive notes? What do you see happening quickly now that SegWit has been activated? What do you, where do you see the future going? Um, so the great news is that a lot of people have actually reached out to us, to the team and wanted to kind of work with us and to port Bitcoin libraries and wallets to Litecoin to actually, because they, they all want, they all like appreciate um, what Segwit brings to Litecoin and Bitcoin, and they want to help make it make it happen. So, I'm very excited to to work with all these people on on Litecoin. Um, the first thing we are kind of working on is is Lightning Lightning Network. Um, we want to see that running on Litecoin ASAP, and hopefully, we'll have something actually working by the time Segwit activates in two weeks. Um, and actually be able to test out Lightning Network on Litecoin. Um, other things we're, I'm excited about is to explore confidential transactions. So with SegWit, confidential transactions can be done as a soft fork. And, um, and that's exciting. Like I think one thing that hmm. the only major thing missing from Bitcoin and Litecoin in terms of like being good money is fungibility. And I think that's one thing that we can slowly fix for Bitcoin and Litecoin. And confidential transaction is kind of halfway towards um, like a perfectly fungible currency. It's more closer so, to the peer-to-peer -peer transaction about like, without any type of third party knowing what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, for me, it's not about, it's definitely not about like buying drugs. It's more about like when you're using money, you don't want to know you don't want to have to decide which of your which of the coins to spend due to it having some history. So if I let's say I bought like ten Bitcoins on the exchange I deposit into my wallet, 
um, and I want to pay someone for coffee or for whatever, right? I want to pay someone $5 back for lunch. If I send him $5 from those 10 Bitcoins, then he will, he knows that I have like 10 Bitcoins or $10,000, right? And he can track where like where that money came from and when I'm using it, when I spend it next. It seems kind of silly that um, by paying him $5, all of a sudden he has access to some information about how much money I have, where I'm storing it, how I'm using it. And because of that, I know most of you, like people who are listening to this podcast have all like, when they're sending money, have all like tried to figure out like which coin I want to use to send that money or like do some kind of like money management mm -hmm. of like this, these coins are for like, are more private and these coins are, are like already mixed and more public. It seems kind of silly that you have to, users have to decide, have to like even think about that. It's like if you go to, uh, if you go out and you take your wallet out to pay someone, you have to decide which of the $20 bills to use because one of the $20 bills has is tied to something that is more private you don't want people to know about. Um, it's, it's kind of silly for money. It is. So yeah, so this is definitely something I want to explore. Um, yeah, and there's a lot, of other, a lot of other cool things that SegWit allows us to do. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I was uh like I was curious like, I kind of see what this technology is is trying to really distill what's required when sending someone um value over the internet. And for the longest time, based on the infrastructure that we had, it required you to go through a third party and people to kind of know what you did and so on and so forth. And since the advent of Bitcoin and everything since then, we've realized that there's a lot of things you can take out of the equation that you can send mm -hmm. things over the internet that don't require you to, to like include all this other information. And as we continue to go along this route, we're finding more and more about what we can take out of the equation when we send somebody a scarcity over the internet. And like it's, it's things like SegWit that allow us to continue that movement forward. And it's, it's, it's hard to, to portray that to people who don't even understand kind of the, the basics like how, how, how do we go forward in educating people about what we're doing and why it's important is that a question for me sure i'm mean, just uh, shooting it up in the air like it, yeah. that's that's kind of the issue right now we have with with this technology is is that like it's people don't quite get it do we is it is that yeah. the way it's always going to be or is it something that we it, have to change the mentality no, I think it's the way it's always going to be. It's kind of um, in the end, people would just want to use kind of Bitcoin or Litecoin as money, and they don't need to know about how it works, right? It's just kind of like a credit card. It's simple to use, and you have no idea what happens in the background. When you swipe a card, it probably goes through like five different like computers or uh, networks to figure out. Um, like a fraud system or a payment system, just it, it does a lot before it comes back and say authorized. So for a consumer, you don't really care, right? As long as it works um, and you get what you're buying, it's you're happy. So it's it will be same for for Bitcoin and Litecoin. Like right now, in order to kind of use Bitcoin or Litecoin, you have to be a little bit technical. Like Coinbase does make things easier. Um, but for the most part, 
it's still very early. It's still, it's still early adopters. Um, and you kind of have to know what you're doing. Um, I, I'd see it in the future where um, it doesn't really matter. Like you, you can send Bitcoin to someone who only accepts Litecoin and it just gets converted on the fly um, through Lightning Networks, um, cross-chain transaction, uh, cross transactions, and it just gets to where it needs to go and pays for whatever you need to pay and you don't really care. So well, that's kind of a beauty of of uh, having Litecoin or li sorry the <laughs> Lightning Network activated on 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 Litecoin, and as if this then catalyzes the activation of Segwit and the subsequent Lightning Network on Bitcoin, that you can have this type of interoperability between chains if you can go through layer two technologies. Yeah, and <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I I'm very excited about. About that that's, future. That's another type of thing that most people don't quite understand is that like that 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 is a, a gateway towards this interoperability between blockchains that we're currently really missing within the space. Yep. Um, and I mean, we've just scratched the surface. I mean, it it doesn't even work yet, right? Once yeah. Lightning is on Litecoin and Bitcoin, then we can really see like how useful it is. Maybe it's not. Maybe people don't like to wouldn't have any use to convert from Bitcoin to Litecoin any other currency, cryptocurrency. Um, but I think it will be very useful, especially with like, like, I think most of the cryptocurrencies are going towards having something like a Lightning Network. Like Ethereum will have their Raiden Network, right? If the Raiden Network is interoperable with um, Litecoin's Lightning Network, then you can um, send some Litecoin and convert it to Ether and use that to power some some DAP, right? So you don't have to store Ether if you don't want to. You can just use Bitcoin and Litecoin and convert it on the fly as needed, right? It's kind of like if you, if like a certain token is good for a specific app, you would only need to come, you don't need to hold that token if, unless you actually want to use that app. So I see this as like, um, it's similar to like if you are at an arcade and the arcade machines only accept their specific tokens, you don't need to hold those tokens when you go home, right? When you go there, you just convert your dollars to those tokens and use it to play the games. So similarly, you don't like you may not want need to hold ether. You only convert to ether um, when you when you want to use it to power a specific DAP. Yeah, like following along those lines, I've found that as kind of a, a almost a, a a problem on the horizon of this technology as it grows. Because like even with just if you stay inside Ethereum, you're having this huge explosion of different tokens being used for different purposes. And the PKI associated with handling those tokens is is something that I I kinda get nervous about, especially when you deal with someone who's not very technical. They're not gonna be able to understand where, what tokens are, what private keys are associated with what application, so on and so forth. And when you have this interoperability, you solve a lot of those issues. And it's, 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 a, it's a huge problem that if not solved, will, I feel, break the adoption curve of everyday people getting into the space because they're just like, they're not willing to go through the learning curve to, to do what they want to do. So like, yeah, the things that they would like to do that would be more efficient or easier are never going to be easier unless we solve these simple problems first. Yeah, and it's not like, and it will be solved 
right? It's just, we're just early in the early yeah. stages. I mean, things will just get easier. Um, so yeah, we just have to work on building out the, the user interface, the, the infrastructure that connects the different cryptocurrencies and SegWit and Lightning is the first major step towards that. All right, so here's a here's a banger of a question. How does Coinbase fit into all this? Um, well, Coinbase has always been trying to make um, Bitcoin and now like crypto easy for just the regular regular average Joe. Um, so they it can abstract away the complexity of of cryptocurrency and make it easier to buy and sell and hold various different cryptocurrencies. And it's it's a lot of it has to do with the interoperability with the with the legacy fiat banks, right? How do you get into crypto? You have to go through the on ramps, which has to touch the legacy banks, and that's that's actually not simple, as you can see. Absolutely like um, recently, with Bitfinex having issues with fiat, um, with fiat um, deposits and withdrawals, it's just not a simple problem. Legacy banking systems are hard to deal with. That's why you want to get into crypto. Once you're in crypto space, then everything becomes easier. Yeah, Jesse Powell in, a, in an interview we did a while back said that's kind of the worst case scenario for having a business in the crypto space as, a, as an exchange because you deal with all of the hard problems when everyone has almost all of the expectations and weight put on you and the failure has the, the worst consequences. And from I guess as Coinbase, you for a while ago you took a step back from the wallet services and focused more on exchanges. Is it is it coming back around to making it still like the um, the, the the standard on ramp for the everyday user, or are you still trying to kind of move closer towards the we're going to push the exchange route? Um, I think we are. I mean, the exchange is our is our bread and butter, like. Mm -hmm the our kind of integration with crypto and with um the legacy banking system that's it makes it easy for consumers to get into and out of crypto so that's always going to be what makes us money or um yeah and we're exploring different things i mean we don't kind of we don't know what the killer app for crypto is currently for Bitcoin, Litecoin, um, it's right now. It's kind of just like mostly on trading, right? People speculation, are speculation, is speculation. <laughs> yeah, speculation is a killer app um, store of value, right? So people just buy and sell and and hold. So that's what we're focusing on. Um, in terms of like wallet, um, you know that we've we have a um, a team working on a product called Token which is our Ethereum wallet mm -hmm. that we're kind of exploring and, and see where that goes, making it easy for people to communicate and send money back and forth between users. Um, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, but we're, we're always exploring different aspects of crypto. That was actually, I don't know if this is going to be like a, a pressing question with token. Cause I, I follow the, like that scene quite a bit uh, was, was the, I guess the design decisions associated with token um, specifically chosen to get to market quick because of like competitor issues or, or was it, this is the best way to build this platform at its current stage. Um, 
we were, is that, we were is that even something you can on, comment on? <laughs> we were never focused on like competitors. I think um, we just wanted to get something out there and see where it goes. Um, I personally didn't really work on didn't work didn't have anything to do with the token. Yeah, Coinbase is uh, quite a large project, project or quite a quite a large company. I'm assuming that the projects are. Yeah, yeah, but I'm excited to to see where that goes. Yeah, so am I. I downloaded it. It's it's a great user interface, and it's something that I think is sorely needed. The mobile application of using these types of things, along with like a chat client that's all seamless, like the very much the WeChat, if you will, of of all of this, gets people into it and allows them to do things, a, a lot of different things yeah. in one user interface, while also transacting value amongst each other, which keeps bringing people back to the user interface and your platform. Yeah. It's interesting that um, Coinbase has decided to uh, kind of build it with uh, Ethereum or Ether as the as the um, as the currency. Um, you know, my brother Bobby, um, his company BTCC also released recently released a mobile wallet that is on Bitcoin, right? And they're doing everything on Bitcoin. So I don't know like what's which will actually win in terms of which will be like the main the main currency? Will yeah, be. I, well, I kind of see it is that like I guess the the design the decision to use Ethereum was because it, Ethereum speaks the language of all of the applications built on Ethereum, and in terms of I guess broad use cases, if you're trying to build a WeChat, then Ethereum is the right choice because it you can use it and all of the tokens built on top of it within a single user interface. Yep. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, all these tokens that are built on top of Ethereum right now, we don't even know like where that's going. That's also uh, very true. <laughs> Those could all just we're, be pumping up speculation. We really don't know because they're, they're, they, they, they're just starting to exist. And yeah. that's something that I, I try and push when I talk to people about all of the cool things happening is that you, it's really hard to compare this brand new ICO that just made millions of dollars with, with Bitcoin. Because they don't have any experience or platform that you can get on and use. It's a matter of like what's what's cool and what's going to happen. What, what, what do we hope is going to happen in the future versus what have we been doing for the past five years? Mm -hmm. I think the the whole ICO space is is kind of scary to me. I think it might kind of implode. <laughs> There's just too much money floating around for like all future potential that I think a lot of it just won't be that we won't see. Well, it's become this idea of like, I can just grab a little bit. And if I grab a little bit of everything, something's going to explode to some drastic, you know, profit margin. Well, that'll, that'll like outpace everything that I lost associated with everything else that I got into. And I think that's the mentality of a lot of people investing in these ICOs, which then bolsters the idea of making ICOs based on bad ideas or um, poor execution of good ideas. Yep. Because you don't need good execution. You can still get a piece of the pie. Yep. You don't need a good idea as long as you can sell it. So oh, okay. it's kind of, I, I try not to touch ICO personally. It'll be, it's a, it's a brave new world and we're all kind of strapped onto the rocket ship, I guess. But it's like <laughs> the, the success of these types of things makes a difference in the excess of the entire community, I would say. 
Like That's regardless true. of whether or not Ethereum wins or dies, it it has an effect on the crypto space in general. Yeah. Uh, Chella, do you have anything else to uh, to ask? No, this is a pretty fulfilling interview on all fronts. Is there, uh, Charlie? Is like, is there anything else that we should have asked you that you'd like to tell our audience that we didn't? Uh, not that I can think of. Should I ask the creator of Litecoin what he thinks about Bitcoin in ten words or less? Absolutely. <laughs> Charlie, could you? Give us your best answer on what is Bitcoin in 10 words or less. What is Bitcoin in 10 words or less? Or describe a Bitcoin. Um, so Bitcoin is a electronic currency that is not backed by government. What is that, nine words? That's eight words. Eight. You passed the job. I started with electronic, <laughs> so you got, you, got, you got a couple of wiggle room there. Yeah. <laughs> is that good enough? That's perfect. <laughs> Barely scratches the surface. Yeah, that's, <laughs> the, like the 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 amount of abstraction you have to go to to get under ten words is is kind of phenomenal at this point, and we love it. All right, well, uh, Charlie, thanks for coming on the show. We've been we've been uh, hoping to get you on for quite a while, and I'm I'm glad you stopped by to join us. Sure, thank you. And that was the interview with Charlie Lee, uh, the world's premier scuba diving gear collector. He doesn't um, scuba dive, so he just, he just loves the gear. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't scuba dive, just loves the look and feel of, of scuba gear. He's been collecting it for years, uh, ever since around the 19, <laughs> 1990s, I'd say, when he was in his early 20s, probably teens. It looks, it's probably like, like it's probably like all neon neon gear back then. Mm-hmm. All neon and r- really rubbery gear. I mean, uh, he could talk about scuba forever. Which, uh, by the way, scuba means. What does it mean? Does it actually mean something? Underwater breathing apparatus. There we go. I knew it meant something. I'm certified, bro. I remember you because you had certif- You got to get certified when you went to Mexico, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I know what Taser yeah. means. What does Taser mean? What does that mean? It's Thomas A. Swift electronic rifle. Really? Why do you know that? Uh, it's just one of those, you know, useless knowledge things that rattles around in people's brains. And playing a lot of categories or something. Yeah, but how arrogant is it if you create something that you put your name in the name of the thing you invent? I've been trying to do that Thomas for, a for years, man. I'm working on. <laughs> I, I thought about doing some like physics equations that didn't work out. Like you know the petty equations or like the, the petty method. Petty equation. <laughs> Just the use petty the petty method. method on that, or like you know the petty transform. That's such a petty thing to do. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> it is actually. I use the petty method. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anything I name will probably just have like black sauce attached to it or something. So, hey, uh, hey, Cello, where can I where can I um, buy Bitcoin? Well, there's a lot of different ways, but the way I would recommend that you buy Bitcoin is by using the most trusted name in ATMs, Bitcoin ATMs. That is, we're gonna find those. Uh, uh, you can find them in H Town, Fort W, in D Town, and I'm I don't talking live about there. A of Bitcoin. I don't live over there. Where do you live? I live in Maryland. Um, 
You know what? If you want to find out if it's near you, you're just going to have to download the Athena Bitcoin app wallet from the App Store or Google Play. <laughs> and uh, if you want even more information, Corey, you're going to have to go to AthenaBitcoin.com because they're always adding new locations. Oh, so there's probably one near me. Uh, there most likely is. If you're on the East Coast. <laughs> if you're on the East Coast, that is. Hey, do you do want you... some information on a portfolio company? Yeah, who, who I would uh, like that. Like, I love portfolios. Give me some info. Lay it on me, bro. Well, I just heard about this really cool website called Bitquick.co, which is Athena Bitcoin's portfolio company. Um, you know, yeah, dude, check it out. It's secure, quick, and easy. Like all three. I like all three uh, of those things. Yeah. <laughs> Usually you only get like one or two, but like secure and quick, but not easy. No, that shit is like it's really quick, but it's hard. Which. <laughs> It's very frustrating, but this is secure, quick, and easy, and you can get Bitcoin for cash in as little as three hours. And they've been serving people since 2013, so they know what they're doing. So what is a bank? Uh, pretty snazzy website. Oh yeah, I would love to have something that I built be called snazzy. Build something. I'll call it snazzy. I build all kinds of shit, man. I'll tell you what your your mining rig, your Litecoin mining rig, was snazzy. That was snazzy. I actually designed you had that air one. conditioning like, ducts going to that thing, like exhausting to the outside. Yeah, sometimes I, I surprise myself, but then other times I'm just like, "Fuck that technical shit." And then <laughs> that's how you really feel. Excuse my language. We're supposed to uh, not be cursing anymore, but maybe, maybe oh, one day we'll actually right, put right. the explicit label on our content. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I should do that. I'm gonna put a parental advisory. Why? Yeah. Well, people, like, you think people people, people, people get more listens because it's hardcore? People like that? No, actually, the opposite. So the reason why we're not supposed to curse is um, a father wrote in saying he listened to it with his kid. But we can be like, "Well, bro, there's a parental advisory sticker on our iTunes thumb. That's your fault." <laughs> we told you so. Told you yeah. so. Can't do that now. We, we that's, kinda, that's totally our kinda, fault. Yeah, we, we trick we trick everyone because we're just like, no, it's not parental advisory. And then I drop a lot of f bombs. I know I do. It's it's a staple of my vocabulary. Your, uh, your f bomb is direct, like the number of f bombs you speak is directly proportional to the number of drinks you've had. That's very true. Actually, I haven't had. No, I did have a glass of wine earlier. Yeah. So ant bleed. How about the that? More, the more I drink, the more Fs. I drink. I I, I bomb. I drop. How about ant bleed? Anyways, you want to talk about that? I do want to talk about ant bleed because that is jacked. But at the same time, it's like selfish actors going to be selfish. Well, like that's that, what they do. I that's mean, what you should expect. I mean, come on. That's like yeah, I guess I mean, for, the, for the audience. Would bad. you like to explain what ant bleed is? Okay, so ant bleed audience is that in these miners, I think they were ant miners. Ant miners. Uh, they were actually sending a signal back, like to the to ant miner, to like let ant miner know when the miner was connected, when the miner was mining, and then there was like a basically like a kill switch that they could hit and just turn off all the miners, and so ant miner. Doesn't whoa, is it a bug or a mistake? Uh, they said it's a bug. They, they said uh, it. 
That's a, it's they a, said it's it was a, a bug. It's a call home switch. It's an undocumented yeah. call home function in all of the all of the miners that Bitmain. I think it's S nine. I forget which which ant miner it is. Like every one to eleven minutes, it sends a, a signal back to ant miner servers to, to essentially verify that it's mining. And if it doesn't receive a return signal, it it cuts off. It just stops mining. Yeah. So like, it's essentially controlling a product after you give it out to a customer. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it could be used for that. That's not necessarily what it was for. We don't know. It just based on potential. It's an attack vector. Or if yeah, and if if you know. Antminer no. wanted to do that. Bitmain, who creates an Antminer, wanted to do that. They can just turn off every single one of those miners. And that's Jihan, right? Yes, yeah. it is. And then it, so, go ahead, Joe. And then it's, I guess, you know, what I it sat in GitHub for seven months. Yeah, and so like the yeah, the, the, the the fix for this sat in GitHub for seven months and just wasn't ever implemented. Granted, even if it was implemented and changed the people who are out there probably would never update because we as we've seen in the in the space uh miner, even which is something we talked about with with uh with charlie is that like miners don't care they just want to make money they are a business yeah. they don't care about protocol changes they're there to make money and they probably don't even want the attention or responsibility of changing protocol because they don't care about it they just have a business they want a bottom line and they want to continue running that business because it's probably hard enough mm-hmm. based on how competitive it is. Yeah, but they should they should care enough about money to invest in checking the code. This is this is why miners upset me is because I I kind of think like a miner where I understand that all they're thinking about is how much profit am I gonna get for the cost I'm paying in electricity. That's literally the only thing that that they all, need all to of think their about. Overhead, all all associated yeah, overhead of running the mining. People, you know, keeping the miners on, on, people watching to make sure that if they need to reset the miners or, uh, you know, people actually physically putting the miners in, paying for contractors to come in and build new space. Cooling. Air conditions. Yeah, cooling. All the overhead, yes. So basically you take all those costs and you say, okay, now how much Bitcoin, how fast can I find it? Like that's the only thing. And so mining is a very complicated practice. But from a business standpoint, it's just very simple. I got to bring in the Bitcoin. And so that since that's the only thing that they're worried about, then, yeah, it's going to take them long to move, especially when, you know, they're pretty much the entire community is saying, hey, we need this upgrade. And they're saying, hey, we don't really give a damn because well, we're trying to run a business something here. Something I mentioned in the, in the interview is like, it's, 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 isn't it ironic that the people who are responsible for changing the protocol are the most apathetic to changing the protocol? God, it's such a weird, so, so weird. It's like, how are we ever going to get this upgrade if they don't even give a damn? They're just like, look, I don't care. Litecoin like, did it, but because, I mean, because it seems as though Charlie painstakingly tried to convince a lot of miners to do it. It's yeah. because humans choose the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's human, it's like human nature. Electrons. We're like electrons in water. Or anything in physics yeah. and energy. Hey, yeah. so what happens when electrons go in water? Because I don't get that. I think they are in water. Because there's no electrons in water. Oh, right. Oh, there's electrolytes. Oh, wait, no, no. There I'm aren't being, any, right? I'm being like, highly sarcastic. 
<laughs> Corey, you were fucking with us, man. You can't say <laughs> stuff like that, scientist. <laughs> Just had me second guessing my whole life right here. I was like, wait. Electrons clearly... and everything, guys. Yes, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, come on, clearly, it's fucking H- atoms. H- electrons and atoms. Period. What what yes. is what is matter made of? Atoms. All right. Well, there's electrons in everything. You can't just think we feel is electrical I just lost how, all credibility. 126 yeah. episodes. Because there's no yeah. electrons yeah. in water. You can't just say. Shit, I'm gonna Corey. I'm gonna take my headphone That's, off and is, run it run into a bus. So this is this is this is Trump's America now. Okay, you can't just throw shit out there. Can't just say anything. normal science facts that you learn in preschool about the you know the makeup of atoms. You know, fundamental oh, audience, we apologize for our massive brain fart right there. Um, yeah. One thing I do know though, I think if water is actually correct me if I'm wrong on this one, uh, if water is actually like 100% pure, it's not conductive. But the thing that makes water conductive is like all the like little metals inside of it, and so water is a things. it's a mixture of H and and uh you know H two O right and two oh, hydrogens and yeah oxygen. hydrogen oxygen so you have Those an H and an OH right one is positive one is slightly negative and so you have this mixture of slightly positive slightly negative and it's 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 so it has it can be both depending on what it's compared to as well as what it what it attaches to there's a lot of water is one of, one of the probably one of the most interesting substances there is on, on this planet in terms of mm-hmm. how useful it is and how like you know it's the universal salt it can break anything down there's a lot of cool stuff so, about water but yeah it's it's i'm not allowed to know what taser stands for but you can know about the conductivity of water I have a PhD in physics and chemistry. I mean, come on. If I don't, (laughs) then something's wrong. (laughs) I feel like, though, wait. So, have you ever, like, um, or it's just not as conductive? If it's like one bajillion percent pure, as pure as possible. I mean, like, the things you put in water will change this, it's, it's, it's properties, right? Like electrolytes make like things salt. more conductive. Like Everything needs electrolytes. Yeah, salt water. Yeah. Everything needs electrolytes. Anyways, how many times, plants hey, Corey, how many like times have you eavesdropped on a conversation and be like, hey guys, I know the answer to this? A like lot. two guys are just talking about like, hey, is water a good conductor of electricity? And then you just slide your chair on over and be like, hey, I'm guys, actually, I'll take this. I'm actually not a very good chemist. Like most of my stuff was based on like quantum mechanics and physics. So my chemistry knowledge is quite limited. It's only based on like physical. I can, I have have physical chemistry down pat, but anything past junior level physics or chemistry, I'm pretty, uh, pretty abhorrent. Anyway, that's not what Mm the show is about. The show is about Litecoin because we're the Litecoin podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we're sorry, everyone. Sorry, we're supposed to be talking about Litecoin here and how fantastic right. it is. What do we take away from the interview? Yeah, it's going to be really hard to get segwit past. This is like so. This this is a giant step, <laughs> I think, in the development of the Bitcoin protocol in terms of like the potential development of the Bitcoin protocol because we now have a test bed, and because, in my opinion. Most of the decisions that are made about the Bitcoin protocol are made in fear because people are worried about screwing things up. We now have an experiment, a side experiment to test everything that we've been creating 
in Bitcoin and see how it actually works out, how it actually happens, so on and so forth. So we can say, all right, well, this seems to be working for a smaller network. And as it scales, we'll see if there's any problems with it. And so as it continues to work, if it does continue to work for Litecoin, we'll have a lot more of confidence to implement it in Bitcoin, making the changes we need to make Bitcoin scale. Whereas if this never happened, we'd never have like real world experience with the technologies we've created to like as solutions for Bitcoin. Now we do, which means there's a higher chance we'll be able to put them into Bitcoin and people won't be so fucking scared. Just people being so scared of things is what annoys me. Well, it's a legitimate reason so, to be scared, right? Like, there's a lot of people who, like, it's a big network with a lot of money in it. And people are afraid to change it because it's the fear of the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen because this is brand new territory. So we don't want to break it. Because if we break it, yeah, like, a lot of people will lose money. A lot of people will lose their wealth. But... You're going to have to change something. I mean, granted, if we kept it the way it is, it could be you still be useful for something. It's just there's a potential of what it could be. And until we change things, we're never going to meet that potential. You know. I mean, but you got to change something at some point, man. I think that there needs to be a massive campaign to educate the miners on what their profits could actually be. Should Bitcoin get these upgrades? Is anybody doing that? Is that, is that something that we could get on the show? Listen, audience, if you're listening right now, you know somebody who's actively campaigning to educate the miners on what the two scenarios are with keeping Bitcoin stagnant or getting Bitcoin upgrades. Please tell them to contact the show so we can talk to this person and figure out, like, what are the channels to communicate to miners? Because right now it seems like they're just like, look, I'm making money. I don't care. I really don't care. Some of them want to switch to SegWit. Some of them just don't. So it's, uh, I feel like. It was like Groundhog Day sometimes we're talking about this damn Bitcoin thing, which is why we should be talking about Litecoin, because this is the Litecoin podcast. Yeah. Was it right there? The RB intro. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have, we, have, we, have, we have one more ad to hit somebody with. We do? Damn right. Yeah, let's talk about... Equibit Development Corporation. It might be our most important app because they're building several apps that are decentralizing the securities industry. If you're unfamiliar with the securities industry, it's just like the banking industry. That's why it's relevant. It's filled with centralized intermediaries that clear and settle transactions. Uh, they handle shareholder communications and a bunch of other labor-intensive work. These expensive tasks can now be replaced with peer-to-peer technologies that bring the cost of performing this work down dramatically. I'm talking about issuing companies, dealers, investors. You're all going to benefit significantly from cutting away this part of your overhead. So check out Equibit.org. That's E-Q-U-I-B-I-T.org. Sign up for the newsletter. Shout out to Nathan Wozniak, as always. And be on the lookout for their second ICO. Uh, New terms. Uh, The details will be out soon. So hold on to your butts. (laughs) Oh, and we're going to be at DEF CON. Yeah, we're going to DEF CON. DEF CON 3. Are you on the BB World or just DEF CON? What? What's BB World? What's, what's BB World? I'm looking, at, I'm looking at pricing right now. There's a thing called BB World where they come, I guess it's two events in the same venue. And if you go to both, you get like a discount. So I didn't know if we were going to both or just DEF CON. We'll look at it. We're going to DEF CON 3. That's for sure. All right. What BB World is. I, I, don't, I don't know. If that but we're going. 
DevCon. Are you sure? You're well, not, are you looking at Ethereum DevCon? Well, we, have to, we have to register. We need to register the next three weeks. Right early definitely, definitely not looking at the right DevCon. BBWorld.com. No, well, that's we got to wrap it up. We're 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 uh, we're getting sluggish. We should wrap it up. So, hey, your girl Zoe Saldana's got a new movie coming out. Oh yes, she does. Uh, we were actually her and I were talking about that the other night. Um, she was a bit stressed out about all the red carpet events she's gonna have to go to, but it was a good pillow talk sesh. Uh, she's looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy two coming out. So, um, if you guys see her, just tell her hey. It's all good. You know, give her a shout out. Um, we plan on going to putt-putt sometime soon. Um, Here's a side note, though. I like out of the furnace Zoe Saldana. I don't like gooped up with makeup, Avatar, and Guardians of the Galaxy Zoe Saldana. Mm, see, that's where we're different. That, I, I I got a little bit of hentai running through me. No. So if alien <laughs> Zoe Saldana came up to you, you'd, you'd give it a go. I would say, hey, girl, let's go get some Starbucks and later on some alcohol and then watch some. What about Avatar? The tail tail wouldn't bother you? Ten foot blue alien. Sign me up. All right. Sign me up. He is an equal opportunity (laughs) employer. That's very true. (laughs) Sign me up. Her feet had to be like the size of half of my body. Like, sign me up. If you're in the feet, okay. in there, <laughs> and oh, we're done. Feeling like a backpack, right around town. This is my giant blue girlfriend. <laughs> Anyways, this is getting weird. Uh, if you want to get us on Twitter, you can go to at the BTC podcast. Um, Cello runs the Twitter. He likes you guys when you tweet at him. He'll tweet back. Um, let's say what else do we do? Uh, we've got a blog on Medium. If you go to Medium and you type type in the Bitcoin podcast, guess what? You'll find our blogs and Ken Bosak's with Bitcoin Talk, uh, where he talks about Bitcoin and Bitcoin accessories. Um, you should check out a show on YouTube. It's a good job talking about Bitcoin and Bitcoin accessories. Does a lot of how-to videos. So if you have any friends that are like, what is this Bitcoin thing you've been talking about for years? I finally want to buy something now that's the highest price it's ever been. Then they can go <laughs> they can go to Bitcoin Talk and they can they can watch his videos and they can figure out how to buy some. Um what else we we got we got doing? Oh, shout out to Block Channel. That show is going strong. Um a lot of good guests going on there. Mackie bringing the um, heat. Yeah, man, he gets some solid. He locks in some very solid guests doing some very solid projects in the Ethereum community, and Ethereum is is so hot right now. So you it's know, if like you want to know Hansel. a lot about, it's like, it's like the Hansel of blockchain. Yeah, so hot right now. Um, good stuff going on over there. Um, what else do we do? Oh, we sell T-shirts and hats. If you go to Purse, um, and if you go to Purse through our website where the affiliate link is not there anymore. Is it there still? No, I don't think so. Shit. So if you go to purse.io and you sign up and you put in all caps, BTC cast, you will sign up with us. You won't get shit, but we will get a little bit of money from all the purchases that you make from purse. 
then you can buy our t-shirt. <laughs> well, we're making our own yeah. store. This is easy. Support the show. Yeah, <laughs> support the show. There we go. Um, yeah, They're comfortable. These I shirts got. are comfortable. Um, shout no out to Nike. Oh, and I, huh? I collect uh, Asian guests. So this was like our third Asian guest. What a weird thing to say. That's a, that's a really creepy way to say that, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Keep you in your you basement, like a, you weirdo. You sound like a like a fantasy villain. Put the fucking lotion in the, the basket. I collect Asian guests. <laughs> they come on my show. Uh, <laughs> Were you rubbing Asian your belly button when you said that? Yeah, I was like, I'm a Asian guest was awful. And that was like sixty episodes ago. So the Asian, the Asian community uh, applauds me. It's okay. You can say that because you have you have Japanese yeah. tattoos. Man, your wife's half Japanese, right? Or Korean? I want to say uh, Korean. She's Korean. There we go. Um, her fa- her grandfather fought in World War II, so that would be awkward. Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't you say in that episode, Aldo? Shout out to the Asian race. <laughs> yeah, you totally I remember did. that. Yeah, shout out. To... Every time there's an Asian on the show, I get a little bit more excited than I should. <laughs> you really, you're very fond of Asian race. Anyways, um, we gotta go, man. You guys yeah. ready to go? Yeah, that's long enough. All right, well, uh, play the outro. Hey, did you like that? Did you like that? That was a flashback. I hope you liked it. Well, if you want to do more than just like what we listen to, you can join the Slack. Go to thebitcoinpodcast.com. Push the button that says Slack. Put in your email, and you're in there like swimwear. Also, subscribe. Subscribe to the speed if you haven't. And look out for our other shows, Hashing It Out, Dose of Ether, Just the Headers. And, of course, the Bitcoin podcast. We have lots of shows, some new, some old. So dig in at thebitcoinpodcast.com, and we hope you become a fan. If you're a super-duper fan, you'd also look us up on Patreon. Thanks for listening.